Welcome back, everyone, to the Hygiene Profit Leaders Podcast. This is going to be a good one. One, I'm here. I'm so excited to be back. And uh, two, well, I'm April Sharp, in case you haven't caught the uh, previous ones or you haven't been watching our Q&As. you got to get on the Q&As. But uh, we are also here with Jacqueline Sykes. Jacqueline, this is actually your first time here, isn't it? Yeah, super excited to be here. Yeah, it's a little nerve-wracking at first, right? I know you were saying, I don't know. I don't listen to that many podcasts, but you are a hygienist, correct? How long have you been practicing? So um, I've been practicing for 11 years. 11 years. And then how long have you been with the Scheduling Institute? So just celebrated my five-year anniversary. So that's great. So you have been in probably hundreds of offices as a trainer, correct? So... I believe I, I lost count back in October, but as of October of 2018, I think 650. 650 offices. Okay, yep. so you practice clinically for 11 years. Yep. And then you've been in over 650, like let's just round it up to 700 easily because you're usually in 10 offices a month, give yep. or take, right? Yeah. So over 700 offices. So I think that you probably have a really good uh, viewpoint of what we're going to be talking about today, and it's the barrier that people have over insurance. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, so um, I was a clinical trainer myself, and this was always the biggest thing that we always ran into, even as a hygienist. Like, I will have to say, when we first graduated, you go to hygiene school, and it's like, not like you get three hours for one appointment to clean like four <laughs> teeth, right? And you have to like document the smallest little. I remember I got knocked off because I didn't document the uh, diameter of a zit on someone's face one time. And <laughs> I did. I got knocked off on um, on that day. So like the reality, and they don't talk about insurance nope. at school. They don't talk about. They sure as heck don't set you up for success for an hour appointment, right? Because they Definitely give you three not. hours. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so that was one of my biggest, like, just slap in the faces when I, like, graduated and I got out in the real world. And then I got so many people asking me, does my insurance cover that? And I was not prepared for that answer. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Like you yeah. said, I think um, I remember having um, full-on panic when it was, like, last semester of hygiene school. You had to see patients double time, which meant, like, two and four and a half hours and was yeah. not prepared when I walked into an office the first day in private practice. I just remember <laughs> putting my gloves on for the first time, and I remember this like it was yesterday, and that was back, oh God, when did I graduate? 2014, and I remember putting my gloves on, sitting down, thinking, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do right now. <laughs> like, it really is overwhelming when you first graduate, yeah. and then you start getting all these questions about insurance, and, uh, you know, is it covered in my network? Is it not covered in my network? Is it PPO? Is it... Like, you don't have a single class about this in hygiene school, do you? No, no, not at all. Yeah. Not, not even a single conversation. Yeah. Like you said, it was all um, all clinical, but not really any preparation around the conversation that you need to have with the patient. Yeah. So I think it's really important that, um, I know this is only like 15 minutes that we're going to talk about it, but it really is one of the biggest barriers that hygienists get on a regular basis and so what we want to talk about is not how to claim insurance how to maximize your insurance how to get the you know best benefits uh we you want to do that yes right we always say that always maximize their insurance but we can't let insurance dictate their treatment exactly yeah 
Yep, and I think that's an important thought to keep in mind. It's not that we're not going to help them go after the benefits that they have, but that a lot of times, especially because there wasn't a lot of preparation on how to have that conversation, it felt like an immediate roadblock, and it felt like an immediate kind of like, you know, like it felt like a huge hurdle to try and get over with the patient when if we can stay focused on what the patient really needs. Yeah. And it's one of those things, like, when you first get out of hygiene school, whatever you do those first one to two years really sets the tone of how you're going to kind of attack it in the future. Like, you set yeah. your habits yeah. those first one or two years. And so if those first one or two years you didn't learn how to get over that barrier, you still have it. Exactly. You could be, we see hygienists that have been hygienists for, like, 20 years, and they still have an insurance barrier yep. because of those habits that they set that first one or two years after they graduate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what is one of, like, okay, so you've been in over 700 offices. So what are some of the things that you see are, like, continuously popping up in those 700 offices? As far as with... Um, with insurance barriers. Insurance barriers. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I think it's just that mindset that if it's not a benefit that their insurance provides to them, that it's going to be an automatic no from the patient. And, you know, hygienists, most of us, we know a lot about our patients. They share a lot about their pocketbook. They talk to us about, you know, their personal life and what's going on with their professional lives. And it's really, um, if, you, if we, you know, just don't have that mindset, it's really hard to separate the two and think about presenting, you know, the treatment to them regardless of whether or not the insurance covers it. Yeah. And it, we're stuck in a really bad situation. I, I do have to believe this because... Most people compare dental insurance to medical insurance or yes. house insurance or car insurance, and it's not. Yep. It's not even remotely comparable because the way I've always described it to my patients is that insurance is supposed to cover you during an unexpected kind of disastrous event that might right. occur, right? But a cavity or needing a crown, that's not... like. This happens to people every single day. Like your house burning down is not something that happens to people on a regular basis. But having di being diagnosed with a cavity, it happens, happens on regularly. a regular <laughs> basis. Yep. So like to compare the two, like your car insurance, you're hoping you never have to use it. But the reality of dental insurance is that you're going to have to use exactly. it, really. Yep. Um, so it's just really important that we get over like the comparison Mm -hmm. of all insurance because insurance is usually supposed to well like if you think about any insurance that you have in life your house your car whatever you have a deductible mm -hmm. you pay five hundred dollars and then anything expenses that happen after that the insurance insurance covers it right yep. right so if uh, unfortunately you do have your house burned down which you know i hope that never happens to anyone let's hope not yes <laughs> but you have a deductible and yep. then they cover the rest right so dental insurance, you have a, still have a... Deductible, deductible or copay. Or copay. So you still have to pay that $500, and then they will pay... Um, maybe, you know, 
maybe fifteen hundred dollars yeah. for the whole year. Fifteen hundred dollars when I saw that, I was just like, oh man, good insurance. Or yeah. like every once in a while you saw a two thousand dollar one. Super like, exciting. Jack, <laughs> jackpots. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We're like, you've got the best insurance. It covers two thousand dollars. So so but then after the two thousand dollars, you're completely on your own. Yep. And I don't think that really registers in people's mm -hmm. mind that that's how dental insurance works. So if you think about it, you still have a deductible, they'll cover it, and it's not even a hundred percent up to the, it's like 80% up to the $1,500. Yeah. And then after that $1,500, if you're lucky, $2,000. You're you on your own. Completely on your own. Yep. That's not insurance. Yep. That is That's a coupon. coupon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a discount. Yes, it really is. It's yeah. not insurance. It's a coupon. It's just saying, I'll give you $1,500 off of the 80%. Yep. You still have to pay out of pocket for the deductible and the 20% remaining. Uh, and then after that, you're on your own. So for us to even think that's a barrier is kind of a joke because dental insurance is a joke. Hasn't changed since, what, the 1967, maybe? Yeah, and it pretty much has not increased with inflation since what has happened since the 1960s, mm -hmm. 1970s. So when uh, we had $1,500 back in 1970s, that was pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. I would imagine it lasts a little bit longer than it does now. Yeah, 2019, $1,500, there's your crown. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> so I, I just, like, one, if we just realize it's a joke, then it's easier us to have this conversation with our patients, yeah. right? Yeah. Because they have to realize that it really isn't, stop comparing it to the rest of the insurance that are out there. Yep, and I think that's the biggest thing that um, I see going into all these offices is that it can be more of a barrier for us than it actually is for the patient. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, they don't really have a great understanding. And so if we have a good understanding and if we can look at it as, hey, this is a discount, this is a coupon, this is like, $1,500 donation towards whatever they're going to need, then the conversation that we have with the patient is just very different. Yeah. So uh, I think and, that's the biggest thing. And what we teach in our trainings is really the order that you presented it is really important. Like insurance may or may not pay for this, but you need this because. And exactly. we always forget that part. We might say the because first and then just go, Oh, but it's eighteen hundred dollars out of pocket. And, and, I know it's expensive. You, yeah. Yes, you use the worst words you can possibly describe it. Yep. You know? <laughs> so, what are some good analogies that you have heard people use, or like when they do describe? Because coupon is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. What other analogies? Um, I would say you know coupon discount. Um, my favorite one is the uh, car one. Have you heard the car one? Like oil change? Yes. yes. Windshield wipers. Like, yeah. So you own your car. The average person owns their car for um, seven years. Okay. No, I, I do not that. know this. Did not know that. I did not hit the average. I do, like, Are you longer or oh, like, no, sooner? Oh, no. I'm way shorter. Sooner. I'm at 336. I'm a quick start person. So, so you're like a year and a half, two years. Yeah, you're like, like, new oh, car. look at my new car. Ooh, that one's shiny and pretty. I want that car. <laughs> yeah, so I trade my, um, I still buy them. I don't do the lease because I'm like, leasing is that's just a waste of money but then I end up getting a new car every like three to four years so I should probably lease but my dad always taught me that leasing is just renting you don't own it but yep. yeah I trade in cars very often um, my dad was the one who probably extended the seven-year average he kept cars for like 10 13 years like wow. you're still wondering how it's running uh, but the average person owns a car for seven years and so you ask so you tell a patient the average person owns a car for seven years then you can even ask them how long they've owned their car. But then you ask, like, 
do you have to change the tires on your car every once for years? Yeah. Do you yeah. have to come out of pocket or does insurance cover that? Out of pocket. Out of pocket. Windshield wipers, out of pocket. Out of pocket. That stupid air filter. Out of pocket. I'm still convinced that's a conspiracy. Yep. Every single it's time. Always dirty. Always dirty. I'm like, can you hose it down? Can you vacuum the Can we give it extend the life a little bit? Yeah. Can we get some Windex on that? Like, why do I have to get a new one every single time? I was like, here he comes. I know what he's about to say. Air filter. Here we go. Yeah. But it's not covered by well, insurance. And I, and I think that is. I think it's like thinking about your car, thinking about your home, right? Yeah. You know, homeowner's insurance. Uh, yeah, there are things that it's going to cover. But, you know, normal maintenance on a regular basis, cutting the lawn, trimming the weeds, yeah. edging the driveway. Like, those are things that you yeah. pay for out of your pocket. I just had a sinkhole. In my driveway. Ooh. Yeah, it was Ooh. crazy. I'll have to, <laughs> we'll sounds, have to post pictures of That sounds scary. <laughs> of our sinkhole because our driveway all of a sudden started getting like these crazy cracks in it. And we're like, oh, that's, that's, that's a little weird. And especially it's really common in Roswell because back in the 80s, they used to bury, um, whenever they were building subdivisions, they would bury the old trash in the trees and they found a rug, like a rolled up rug, oh like up in the sinkhole. I was like, what's in the rug? So, what's in the so rug? for anyone in the PSA for anyone that's in the Roswell area. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we, we had to like dig it out. Cost us like ten thousand dollars. Insurance did not cover anything because it's in the yard. Like most house insurance only covers like your home and not your yard. So it was it was a huge hit on us. It was very stressful. Um, but insurance didn't cover that at all. But it's right. something that we had to do. It's the upkeep of it, right? Exactly. The and maintenance, the upkeep. Yeah, yep. you only keep a car for seven years, but you have your teeth. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, or hopefully your whole life. Right. Yeah. So, like, if you have to come out of pocket <laughs> to make sure that you want to keep those well, teeth for the rest of your life, then and you know, with both of those scenarios, it is really similar to dentistry, right? So, whether you're putting new windshield wipers on, or you're getting new tires, or you're changing the oil filter, or you are pressure washing your house, or you're you know doing lawn maintenance, like all of those to me kind of are like you know, like preventive type things. Like, hey, let me maintain this. Let me take care of this along the way right. so that there isn't a big issue down yeah. the road. And a lot of things that aren't covered by insurance, you just nailed it, is preventative. Right. Which I don't understand why insurance doesn't cover it. You would think it would save them a lot of money in the long run if they would cover more of this preventative. And I mm -hmm. will have to give a shout out because I, I see adult fluoride um, varnish being covered more by insurance than it used to be. So yep, it is. We're getting there. We're getting there, slowly. You can really change your um, daily average, your hourly average, your production with these preventative things. And if they see the value in it and insurance doesn't cover it, they will pay out of pocket. Just like they pay out of pocket for everything that we just mentioned. Like the Absolutely. tires and windshields and sinkholes. Yep. Yeah, which I don't wish that on anyone. Hopefully not. <laughs> and that, that really is. So what I will say is that you know, after working with so many teams and going into so many offices, that that's something that we see over and over and over again. As soon as our mindset changes and as soon as we communicate it to the patient that, hey, this may or may not be something that your insurance is going to cover, but you really need this because of whatever yeah. it is, um, we really do see that patients say yes a lot of yeah. times. You know, they're willing to do it as long as we have created yeah. the value and we've set the conversation up with kind of that mentality. Yeah. And we've always said we're the authority. Like, they're looking at us wanting to know 
what we suggest for them. So yep. when we tell them what they need, like you, like you said, they will they will usually invest if they see value, and that's the key thing. Exactly. If they see value. So anytime someone said no to a treatment that I said, I would never blame it on their insurance. I'd never blame it on them. I would blame it on myself and say, I obviously didn't educate them enough to see the value of it. What am I going to say differently the next time they came in? Because I think yep. it's really easy to use insurance as an excuse or lack of money as an excuse. But really, if you own accountability, anytime you can educate and they will say yes. That's when people say yes is value. Yeah. Yep. Right. I even, agree with that. Yeah, even when it's, uh, I mean, they're sometimes uh, driving a really nice car yeah. or have a really nice purse. Or going on a really nice vacation. Yes, and they say money, since insurance doesn't cover it, they don't want to invest in it. But again, they see value in driving a really nice car. They see value in this vacation. So most you just got to see what they see value in. Like maybe it might be cosmetics mm -hmm. reasons because they obviously love appearance and, you know, uh, status. And so... Get, letting them know what they'll have to lose if they don't do it. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be missing that tooth in the future. So uh, at the end of the day, insurance should never be what I call the number one excuse that yes. dental hygienists put up as why their patients aren't saying yes to something. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So Jacqueline, this was so much fun. We are definitely going to have you back on. You are a plethora of knowledge. I know you've been into hundreds of offices. Uh, we'll probably get your insights and help on building some of our Podcast Plus information. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. For those who don't know what Podcast Plus is, uh, podcasts are obviously available to all of our hygienists. We love hygienists and love supporting them. So uh, we put this podcast out for everyone to listen to. But if you're part of our advanced hygiene boot camp we actually give you what we call podcast plus and so these are additional worksheets or behind the scenes some um, additional interviews or things that you can use at a meeting uh, so they're just uh, more support for you uh, and then also make sure that you join us on our live Q&A calls I briefly mentioned that at the beginning of the podcast but uh, if you are in the advanced hygiene boot camp you are invited to all of our live Q&A uh, live streaming video is a way that we can get information to you in a more entertaining way than just on the telephone. So we play some really good videos. We have great content. We can do polls. You can chat with other hygienists. It's just a perfect way just to kind of bring this industry and community together because I say it all the time. We love hygienists. So Jacqueline, thank you so much for being on here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And if you guys are not part of the Advanced Hygiene Bootcamp, just go to hygienebootcamp.com and you can read more about it and send the information to your doctors. Uh, or you can always email hygiene at schedulinginstitute.com. All right, thank you again, Jacqueline. We're going to have you back on. I love talking to you, and these are always just so much fun. I love doing these. Well, thanks, April. It's really been a pleasure, and I look forward to this again. Thanks, Jacqueline. Thanks. All right, bye.